Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Elevate Your Equity podcast, where investors with a special emphasis on couples begin, continue, and deepen their journey to financial freedom together using the powerful vehicle of real estate investing to do it. Today's guest is Mr. Dave Dubow, and he is the creator of the Money Partner Formula. He works with mom and pop real estate investors and helps them get started with raising capital. He's a best-selling author and speaker based in the beautiful British Columbia, Canada area. And he began his real estate investing career in 2003, doing 18 deals in 18 months. And nowadays, he invests passively in multifamily properties. Dave, welcome. Great to have you on the show. How are you today? I'm great, Derek, Sophie. So thank you so much for having me on your show. Excellent. Fantastic. Well, Dave, we always like to start out with pretty much how the whole thing began. Where did you first get your first spark and love for real estate? And uh, tell us the story about that, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, well, you know what? I kind of grew up around real estate without cluing in. The family home was one unit in a sixplex that my father and my grandfather actually built. So that just kind of seemed normal to me, even though I had nothing to do with anything with tenants or what have you, but there were tenants around all the time. Uh, unfortunately, my parents split up when I, was, uh, when I was younger and I lived with my mom and she became a very active real estate investor herself. And this was way back in the 1970s and 80s. She was a single working mom raising a snot-nosed kid, yours truly. And uh, she built up a portfolio of over 50 rental units wow. way back then. Uh, but again, I was clueless. I was, wasn't really paying much attention. <laughs> so I didn't actually get involved in real estate investing until the early 2000s. And it was after I lived overseas for a number of years. I actually lived in San Jose, Costa Rica. I had a language training company down there, got married, had a family, Costa Rican family down there. And uh, after 10 years, my then wife and myself decided, you know what? Our kids are getting towards school age. We thought North America would be a better place for them to go to school, more opportunities. And then again, being the pasty-faced white guy I am, in Latin America, if you got money or not, people assume that you do. There's a bit of a target on your back uh, that you have to be aware of, you and your family as well. So, hey, we decided, decided let's pack everything up, start over again from scratch in beautiful British Columbia. And that's what we did. So I moved to a brand new city, brought my Costa Rican family along with me, talk about culture shock and climate yeah. shock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I hadn't been able to sell my business, so I didn't have very much money. I'd been gone for so long, I had zero credit. And my educational background was I had a useless degree in psychology and over 10 years of being self-employed. So I was pretty much unemployable, you guys. So there I was, stressed out. We were living in a crappy little rental townhouse on the wrong side of the tracks. My persnickety now ex-wife uh, wasn't very happy about that because she was kind of accustomed to the, the better things in life. Because in Latin America, you can have, you know, live-in maids and gardeners and all this kind of stuff, which is a little tougher to do here in good old North America, right? So just a little there, bit. A little bit. Yeah. So I was under a lot of pressure. And you guys are a little young to remember this, but back in the day, there used to be these things called late night infomercials. Remember those? <laughs> yes. Infomercials? Yes. Yes. You too can get rich in real estate with little or no money down. All right. So I saw one of those things. I said, perfect. That's what I got. Little or no money to put down. So I, I got the course. I think it, uh, and I had a bunch of binders. There might've been some VHS cassettes in there for all I remember it. And I went through this stuff and I got immersed myself in it. And that's when I took massive action 
did those 18 deals in 18 months. That's when I first got started in real estate investing. Excellent. Now, Dave, thank you for the story. I wanted to ask you a question that came up at the back of my mind as you were telling your story was, where was your mother this whole time, right? Because you said that she had built a portfolio up of 50 properties, but you had somehow found your way floating into real estate with all these you know, late night infomercials. Did you ever right. consult her or uh, how was that dynamic? Well, the whole strategy was kind of different. Plus, unfortunately, my mother built up that portfolio. And then you guys are way too young to remember this. But in the, in the 80s, there was this massive, massive economic downturn and interest rates skyrocketed. And interest rates literally went up into the 18, 19, 21% range back then, which is mind boggling. I can't even imagine. It happened very, very quickly. It happened very, very quickly. So she actually got sunk and she lost those properties. So she took took Ah. some time off from active real estate investing. Uh, Fortunately for her, she was a, a teacher. So she had a good, you know, a good job and she had a good pension she could fall back on. But even when she retired, she was still dabbled in real estate and did uh, was a joint venture partner with me and my brother on a few of our deals. Uh, dabbled. She actually ended up moving down to Mexico, uh, being a snowbird down there. And bought a few properties uh, in, in that neck of the woods. So she she stayed very involved. But she was doing more of the traditional type of real estate investing. Uh, when I first got started, again, it was a creative, low money, no money down type deals. Mm-hmm. So that's what I focused on first. Excellent. Wow, really, really good story. It's it's really quite an advantage to at least be introduced to the concept of real estate when you're younger. Um, that was something that I wish that I had kind of the background on a little bit early on. And I know that Sophie did have that. And that was one of the reasons why we actually ended up in this field. So I count myself one of those fortunate few that have had family members that actively participate and saw some sort of success at one time with it. Well, it makes a huge difference, you guys. And I'm sure you saw this, Derek, right? With With Sophie, having that background, she she definitely wasn't pulling you back and saying, no, 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 don't do it. It was the support and, hey, let's let's go out and make this happen. I had something similar in, in that sense with my mother because she was very supportive of the whole idea and, and she didn't think it was some crazy wonky thing that I was doing. Right. She wasn't trying to talk me out of it. So, yeah, that was that was helpful. Dave, do you think that it was um, kind of your familiarity with um, your mom and real estate investing that kind of got you interested in those late night infomercials and got you to say yes, because I think people see them all the time, but, um, you know, very few actually make the leap and take the action. Well, I think quite a few people take the action and buy the courses. I don't think very many people take the courses and actually take action. Uh, do anything. Like that. Yeah. I think, I think there's a big difference there. And Sophie, that's what desperation will do for you. <laughs> <laughs> what was going on in your life during that time to kind of get to reel you back in into that world? Well, I, again, I just moved from Costa Rica to Canada. We had no money. I was unemployable. We were starting all over again from scratch. I needed to put, you know, food on the table and keep the lights on. So mm-hmm. that's why I took massive right. action. Yeah, that's right. Now, um, thank you, Dave, for all of that. And, and very, very good story. So you, you're buying these properties 18 and 18 months. Um that's- no, that sounds impressive, you guys, but you haven't seen what some of those properties <laughs> look like. Right? There were a okay. few real nice ones in there. Most of them were crappy little wonky single family homes and a, some mobile homes and all this kind of stuff. So oh, yeah. a few of them I made pretty good money on. Most of them were just kind of like, you know, bread and butter type deals, a few grand here, five grand here, that kind of stuff. So enough to 
enough to pay the bills, but I wasn't getting rich quick. That's for yeah, sure. exactly. It was it was sort of thing. So what I wanted to ask you next is what was the evolution to the next stage in this, right? Because you know, after after you um you had tried these 18 properties in 18 months, whether they be flips or maybe you held on to a few, um, it it becomes apparent now, now that you're helping people learn how to raise capital for yeah. multifamily apartments and you're doing multifamily apartment investing as a passive individual yourself as well. Um, it becomes apparent that there was some sort of growth <laughs> that happened yeah, between the, you know, the late night TV show method <laughs> and then <laughs> and what you're doing right now with your systems and everything. So can you talk us through that growth spurt in your career? Yeah, well, it wasn't really a spurt. We're talking okay. about a, a, a quite a long yeah. period of time. So yeah, guys, actually, I, I took some time off from active real estate investing for about who? four years, okay. four or five years. Yep. Uh, and that's because I joined forces with an up and coming uh, guru up here in Canada, kind of our version of Robert Kiyosaki at the time. And this guy was just kind of really getting his business going. He, we met, he saw what I, what kind of background I had in real estate and I had a fairly strong background in marketing. And I gave him a few tips and, and helped him do some pretty cool stuff. So I went on board as the director of marketing for him and his companies for about five or six years. And uh, that was really my focus during that time frame. And I got out of active real estate investing for that time frame. Um, and then I jumped back in in about 2010, doing a different strategy, still with single family homes, but this time I actually needed some cash to do these deals. So like a lot of people, I self-financed my first couple by, because by that time I, I was making pretty good money. I had good credit, all that kind of good stuff. So I self-financed my first few deals ran out of cash, ran out of credit, just like happens to, to a lot of folks. And that's when I clued into, hey, I got to dial this whole OPM, other people's money thing in, yeah. which I decided to focus on after I failed miserably at my first attempt at raising capital. What was that like, Dave? It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, can you tell us about like, you know, some of the fears? Well, you just, you just, well, you want to see the wound. You want to dump some salt in there too. Don't you? That's all right. <laughs> well, what we want to do is you really want to explore this because I know there's people out there that have this fear. It may be unnamed or unsaid, but I know that some people out there will be like, well, if I try one, it doesn't work. Like, uh, you know, it just sounds like a big pain in the butt, but Obviously, here you are as a case study of success. So we want to learn from you as well. Success after some failure, that's for right. sure. So yeah, you guys, it's, it's still very vivid in my memory, even though it's been a long time now. I had this perfect, perfect deal land in my lap. I was out of cash. I needed to raise about $85,000 for this property. And I had two weeks to do it, right? I had two weeks to remove subjects, financing subjects on this, on this deal. And I thought, okay, well, I've heard this thing. Have you guys ever heard this? Find a good deal and the money will find you. Oh, everywhere. Yeah. Well, I heard that too. It's been around for a long time, but I knew I was going to have to do something. So I, around that time, I think it's when the Wolf of Wall Street came out. You remember that movie? You guys? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah. 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 You remember? It looked so cool. There, there was, uh, what's his name? Picking up the phone and, and dialing for dollars, cold calling people and just make it, make it look like a lot of fun, right? So I thought, okay, I've heard, pick up the phone and start dialing for dollars if you need to raise capital. So I tried that, dialed, got rejected, dialed, rejected. Did that about 10 times, maybe a dozen, maybe at the max. And my poor, fragile little ego could not handle that much rejection. 
I just, it, I, I wasn't cut out for it. I didn't, I didn't want to grind it through and do hundreds of those kind of calls. So I kind of, I quit. Um, and then I'd also heard somewhere, Hey, you know what, if you need to raise capital, go out and network, right? You need to turn every conversation into a real estate conversation. So go out and, and practice your 30 second elevator pitch on people. So I tried that. I went to the local B&I, Chamber of Commerce, Toastmasters, wherever the heck they let me in the door. There I was with my business cards and my spiel. And uh, you guessed it, you guys, I raised a big fat zero yeah. of capital. <laughs> That's and right. 2020 hindsight, I mean, I can just imagine what I look like. I'm sure the desperation just oozed out of every pore <laughs> in my body and grossed everybody out. Uh, but <laughs> I tried it. And by this time, I'm, I'm, I'm really sweating bullets because I've run pretty much run out of time. I had to get a one-week extension on closing on this property. And then I came up with a brilliant idea. And Sophie, let me, let me know what you think about this idea. Here was my idea. I said, hey, this is such a good deal. If just enough people see it, it will sell itself. So I, I did too, as I put a, a little one-page PDF together, with an overview of the deal, the numbers, how much I needed, all that kind of stuff. And I put together a list of a couple of hundred people that I knew and get all the names and email addresses, put that into an email autoresponder system and spammed out that, that PDF to all 200 of them. And I remember that was a Wednesday night. I got that all organized and set up and sent out. And Thursday morning, I got up and I was so excited because I had quite a number of responses to those emails. I had quite a few replies in my inbox. And I was so excited until I started reading the replies. Yeah, right. And then basically oh, they all said, hey, Debo, dude, I haven't heard from you in like forever. You know, one guy I remember was five years. Worst one was like 17 or 18 years. Somebody had not oh, heard dude. from me. Wow. And here I was, this is the first thing they got. So they all basically said, bye-bye, yeah. take, take a hike. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to invest in your deal. Oh. So I had to collapse that deal. You guys, uh, I live in a pretty small town. So obviously, you know, in that case, I was, I was buying this for a tenant buyer. The tenant buyer was super ticked off. They'd give me a deposit for 15 grand. Well, that had to go back to them. Obviously uh, the property seller was super ticked off. The realtor was ticked off. The mortgage broker was ticked off. I had some major, major mud on my face, lost that deal. I crunched the numbers. It was, going to, it was a small deal, but I was going to make about 40 grand on this little deal. Poof, up in smoke. But here was the worst part, you guys. Because I was so clumsy and desperate and needy and creepy and just did everything the wrong way, I actually turned off a lot of really good prospective investors, yeah. right? And how many chances do we have to make a good first impression? Yep. Yeah. That's right. One chance, one. right? Blew it, right? Blew it, blew it, blew it. So that's when, when the smoke cleared and after I quit pouting, <laughs> I, I sat back and I said, Hey Dave, you know what? You got to get better at this whole raising capital thing. If you want to expand your portfolio, uh, there's got to be a different way to do this. You know, this whole dialing for dollars and schmoozing and stuff. That's, that's not in your wheelhouse. If there's something, you know, something about it's, it's marketing. Why don't we apply some intelligent marketing to this whole process and instead of chasing after investors, what if we can get investors coming to us? You know, maybe not chasing us, but what if we could get them to self-identify, reach out to us, call us, text us, better yet, book an appointment on our calendar and have a conversation and see if they're up for that. So, so that's how I came up with this, what I call my money partner formula. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, this is this is great. That's a great story. And, and I think it's something that a lot of people can relate with. Although what I want to do is I want to bring it back to the attention of what the audience here is probably listening for here in this. Yeah. Um, if I was someone who was back when I first started, you know, I wanted to get into real estate because I saw the power, but I understood the the upside and understood, you know, what it could do. That's because that's my personality. And that's who we like to work with here uh, on our side, on our team is people that recognize that real estate's powerful and they just don't know how to approach it. And I think that's who you work with as well. And putting myself in those people's shoes and talking with someone like you, my question would be, you know, um, this seems too much for me. I, I don't know how to even approach something like this. I don't even know how to buy a single family rental. Mm. Um, what, you know, what is this all about? Can you walk me through how this all works? That's yeah, well, that's this process, weird. you guys, is ideal for someone who's got at least one successful real estate deal under their belt, mm. right? If you're brand new to real estate investing, you've never done a deal before, then I highly recommend, number one, you get educated. If you want to be the active investor, get educated about whatever the heck it is you want to do, your strategy, your market, take a deep dive into that. Do at least one deal under your own steam, whether that's your own financial steam or you're the passive investor with somebody else doing what you want to do and you kind of pay to play sort of thing or, or you joint venture with somebody, whatever it is, get at least one deal under your belt because it's so much easier. I won't say it's impossible to raise capital without at least one deal, but it sure as heck is a lot easier because you've got a little bit of credibility. You've got, you've got some skin in the game. Uh, you've got a bit of a track record, right? People are much more inclined to invest with you if they're confident that you know what the heck you're doing. You don't have to have a ton of deals, but at least one successful deal. Does that make sense, you guys? It mm -hmm, does absolutely. in order to provide like a frame of reference, right? Yeah, and just to be credible, just to be believable. I mean, would you would you invest 50 or or $100,000 with somebody who has no clue what the heck they're doing? No. Absolutely. No, you wouldn't. Neither, neither one of your investors, right? <laughs> so we gotta, we gotta be logical about that. Um, so let's let's assume the person listening to this has at least one deal worth of experience under their belt, and now they're ready to scale using other people's money. Then the question is, okay, how the heck do we go about doing this? Well, the first thing we do is we don't do what Dum Dum did here back in the day and just spam everybody you know and, and do creepy, desperate type things. <laughs> um, what I'm going to recommend you, the one smart thing I did, you guys, back then was I came up with that list of a couple of hundred people who I had a pre-existing relationship with, right? They knew me, I knew them, right? So that's what I'm going to recommend to your audience. Come up with a list of a couple of hundred people, friends, family members, coworkers, business associates, folks you know from, from church, from the PTA, from civic organization, whatever you're into, you know them and they know you. Does that make sense, you guys? Mm -hmm. So come up with that target group and let's focus everything on them. And now this is important for two reasons. Reason number one is this is going to be where the easiest, fastest capital is available, right? Because these people already know you, already like you. Now all we have to do is work on the trust factor, try them getting them to trust you with their capital, right? If you're going out to complete strangers, a complete stranger doesn't know you, doesn't like you, and certainly doesn't trust you with their money. So that's a very difficult thing to do. Does that make sense, you guys? Yeah. Plus there's the whole legality side of things. I mean, I'm up here in Canada. We've got each province has its own security regulator. 
you guys in the States have got this friendly little entity called the Securities and Exchange Commission. Plus, each, I believe each state has its own version as well. So we want to stay compliant with them. So we don't want to cross, you know, uh, break the law and, and get in trouble with, the, with those guys. So focus, you know, at the beginning, when you're just getting started with raising capital, let's focus on people that we have that pre-existing relationship mm-hmm. with. Yeah, Dave, thank you. That's um, very practical advice. And, um, and it makes sense. And I, I know that, you know, there was a lot of trial and error. And I, I just love how you told the stories with so much humility. And I, what I wanted to ask was if underlying all of the, um, all of the kind of maybe the blow ups there, to me, it's, feels like there's a grit, resilience, there's persistence just um, in your personality alone. And I'm wondering what advice um, do you have for, you know, like Derek was asking for people who are getting started in raising capital, uh, Mm -hmm. what is the mindset that needs to be there underlying all of the ups and downs to get them to where you are now? That's a very good question, Sophie. That's the first time I've been asked that question. And here's here's my answer. Basically, it's the understanding that we're actually doing our investors a massive, massive, massive favor by allowing them to invest with us in our deals. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. If we can get our mentality around that, that, that shift alone going from being a beggar with your hat in your hand, looking for a handout to being a true real estate entrepreneur with an amazing opportunity for people, mm-hmm. that switch alone will help you overcome any obstacles that might come up in your way. Not might, will come up in your way, right? Because that's the way life was. Because here's my philosophy, you guys, and let me know if you agree with me. I firmly believe that a good real estate deal is the best way for everyone. You know, you guys, myself, your viewers, our investor partners, to get an above average return on our money backed by a solid, tangible asset, a real piece of property, right? I don't know any other investment asset out there that we exercise as much control over, right? We control what we buy, how we buy it, where we buy it, what we do with it, how we finance it, how we improve it, who we get into it, right? We can control so much of it. We can control how we exit it, multiple different exit strategies. You know, all of these things we can control. I don't know any other investment out there that has as many different profit centers as a good real estate deal. Like, what do you guys like to invest in? What's your, what's your preferred? Um, well, mo- mostly it is real estate. Uh, that's yeah, our, what kind, uh, what kind of single family owns, multifamily, multifamily, homes? multifamily okay. joint ventures and, and also syndications. Yeah. All right. So multifamily joint ventures, you know, I could be wrong, but I'm aware of at least eight different profit centers in a multifamily deal. I don't know any other investment out there that has eight different profit centers that not only yourselves, but your investor partners get the benefit from. So, so you know, I'm, I'm going off on a rant here, but I'm, I'm very passionate about this. This is an amazing opportunity. Now, the people that we're bringing on board as investors either don't have the time, the willingness, or the inclination, or the knowledge to do this on their own. We do, right? So we're bringing massive value to the table. They put in their money. Maybe they help get qualified for financing, and then they're done. We do all of the work, right? We bring the deal, we bring the team, we manage everything, we take care of everything, and we share the profits very generously with our investor partners. It really is a win-win scenario. 
Yeah, and we actually give them preference too. In in most cases, where you do what's called a preferred return, right, where we actually put them ahead of the people that are putting the deal together. When exactly. they get paid first, yeah. and that's the way it should be, right? That's yeah. the way it should be. It's fantastic. Yeah. So anyhow, there, there, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox. Now. I think um, there's something to that because you know when you when you talk about the confidence behind being able to say that and be able to step behind it, it's it's. I think that it's especially for me. It took me a long time to get to that point where, hey, this is something that I can really stand behind because until you get the validation of actually trying something out yourself or doing it a few times, right? That's where a lot of beginners get stuck Mm -hmm. is they know, or they think they know that it's a good deal, but they can't speak to the experience behind it because maybe they don't know, or maybe they don't know enough, uh, or maybe they just don't trust themselves enough, right? And yeah, so they don't have the confidence yet. They don't have their mojo yet. And so what I was going to ask you, Dave, is probably, you probably knew where this is going, but did you see any of that inside of you when you first started to raise capital for multifamily? Oh, hell no. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> well, that answers my question yeah. then. We no, can... it was all, at, at the very beginning, you guys, it was all <laughs> me, 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 me. I need other people's money yeah. to grow my portfolio. I want to create this, this cash flow, this net worth, <laughs> yeah. this lifestyle. It's all about me, right? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say it, but that's the truth, right? Otherwise, and a lot of people go into it thinking about that. It was gradually over time. I think a good friend of mine pointed out, he said, you know what, Dave? At the end of the day, your investors aren't really investing in your deal. It's you. Your investors are investing in you. Yeah. That's what they're investing in, right? And that's when the light bulb went off and I said, yeah, you know what? You're right. They're investing in me and they're investing in what I can do for them. And by working together, we're both able, well, everybody's able to get ahead far faster. So Excellent. it took a little longer. I'm not the brightest one the bulb in the pack, you guys. So it took me a little, lo- a little longer to, to clue into that. But once I did, it made a big difference. Excellent. So I, I wanted to shift gears a little bit because I want to go a little bit more down the mindset route. And then actually before that, I wanted to ask another thing. Sure. And it was legacy. Um, it sounds like you have kids, right? Um, I know it might be from a previous relationship, but um, if you don't mind us asking, how has this affected them, if at all? Um, have they been looking at what you've been doing and seeing the success you've been having? Uh, and, and what type of impact do you plan to leave as far as legacy goes with what you've built? Yeah, well, my kids definitely have been, kids pay attention. <laughs> so both of my kids are now in their early 20s. And they are both uh, very, very happy and self-employed, right? So they are doing their own things, not in the in the real estate space, but they've seen me doing my own thing ever since before they existed. So, so that's normal for them. They are not dependent on a job. They are not dependent on on the government. They're not dependent on anybody else. They are uh, dependent on themselves for their own career. So that's that's the legacy I've left my kids. And do you think that you had an impact or have you had a conversation about them about this or have you oh, yeah, just been sure. kind of, Oh, you have. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, they've, they've had it with me. They've, they've had that conversation with me and said, Hey, uh, which is very nice to hear that it's, it's, it's pretty cool. What, what you've been doing and, and we want to do something similar. How, how uplifting so that must be really rewarding when you can hear that. It is. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to ask, I know that Sophie wants to ask a question too, but my last question. You, you've been hogging all these questions. I know. I was going to say that, you know, as you're going through this journey, um, most of us have innate abilities, right? Or superpowers. 
Yeah. And my question is, which one of those or what superpower or innate ability have you been able to tap into to really help you ramp up your game or keep you at it? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I guess it would be my amazing good looks and modesty. Oh, 100%. (laughs) I would agree, 100%. I would say good looks and honesty. uh... Uh, Yeah, guys, you know what? All joking aside, I guess it is persistence. Persistence definitely has been a, a big part. And more recently, it's focus, because I used to be pretty scattered all over the place. As soon as I really started to focus, things uh, improved drastically quickly for me as well. And that doesn't come naturally. I'm, I'm kind of a shiny object syndrome kind of guy by nature. So focus has been it's hard to keep, but it's very, very valuable. Love it. So Dave, okay. So we, I think a majority of people have that shiny object syndrome. How, at what point in your life, how are you able to switch that? And then the second part of the question is, you know, I, I keep staring at the money partner formula chart diagram behind you. And I would love to learn and hear more about that as well. Yeah, sure. So how do I get focused? You know, I'm, I'm a pretty sporadic, but voracious reader. So I I like to read a lot. So I can't remember at some point, I think I read a book called The Power of Focus and somewhere in the back of my noggin, some of that stuff stuck. And that's when I decided to really kind of focus in on things. Plus, I'm sure some mentors or smarter guys than me have finally drilled it in my head that, you know, focus works better. So uh, I don't remember exactly when that, but it'd probably be about 10 or a dozen years ago that I really started to, to dial in the focus. And as far as the, the, the money partner formula goes, you guys, in just you know big, broad strokes, we already started with the, the first step. There's five steps to it. The first step is create that target group of your ideal prospective investors. And to get started with, focus on people you have that pre-existing relationship with. Try and get 150 to 200 names and email addresses. And then start off on the right foot, not like I did. Start off on the right foot by breaking the ice with people first reconnect with them on a personal level first before you start talking business, before you start talking real estate, right? So the way we do this with our clients, is we have a very simple three-step email campaign that we call the warm-up campaign, drip, drip, drip. And the whole idea is to have that, that personal reconnection, go back and forth a little bit, even if it's by email, before we start getting into real estate investing. The second part of the process is we got to make sure that we're ready to go with a really good investor presentation. So when somebody puts up their hand and says, hey, Derek, hey, Sophie, what are you guys up to with real estate? You know, you have something to show them. We're not stuck like deer with our eyes in the air. (laughs) Yeah. So we got a good presentation. I suggest a a PowerPoint or a keynote, some sort of a slide deck presentation. But here's something really important, you guys. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Because here's what we got to remember. You and I and your followers are all what I affectionately call real estate weirdos, right? We're into this. You're watching or listening to podcasts about real estate investing. Most normal human beings are not doing that, all right? (laughs) My hat's off to you for doing it. But here's the thing. Your prospective investors are not into real estate Mm -hmm. like we are. Mm -hmm. So we cannot assume that they're all that interested. We cannot assume that they understand all the jargon. So we start talking about cap rates and IRRs and ROIs and, uh, you know, all this kind of stuff, it's going to go over their heads. They're going to get confused and a confused mind always says, forget about it. 
right? So keep it super simple. Good slideshow presentation. Step number three, kick things into gear with marketing. What I call constant, consistent, edutaining communication. So another big mistake people make is they put out these newsletters that are full of data. Here's all the market data for blah, blah, blah. And here's what's happening in the commercial residential space. And here's what the cap, blah, 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 right? In one year out there, well, they won't even open it. They won't even read it. And if they do, it just zones them out. So what we want to do is keep it simple, keep it short, a little bit educational, ideally a little bit entertaining, and always with a very clear call to action. Hey, if you'd like to find out more, see how this can work for you, click on the link below, book a call. Let's have a conversation, right? Simple, clear call to action every single time. And then eventually, some people are going to start paying attention to that. Won't be everybody, won't all be at the same time, but little by little, if you're constant and consistent with that, you're going to start getting those appointments booked on your calendar. Now you're ready to go with your presentation. Step number four is all about being seen as a credible authority or real estate expert in the eyes of your couple of hundred prospective investors. So here's the good news, you guys. You don't need to be the next Robert Kiyosaki and sell a gazillion copies of your book. We can do this very, very simply. A couple of things, right? First of all, the marketing that you're doing, that's going to help. Your website's going to help. Your slide deck presentation is going to help. Other tips, when you're talking with somebody about investing with you, I recommend that you dress up, dress business casual. It's going to give them respect. It's going to get you respect back from them as well, even if you're meeting somebody on Zoom. All right. Other tips are be able to explain your strategy simply at a very basic level, Reader's Digest level. So the average 13-year-old can understand it. That's the level we want to have it at. And be able to talk about your market, again, at that level. Other ideas could be, you know, uh, sharp-looking photos. So go get some professional pictures taken. Get some sharp-looking business cards, not the cheap do-it-yourself-at-home kind. And whenever possible, try to jump on people's podcasts. Be interviewed. that, or, or be a featured person or be involved with your local RIA or real estate investment meetup, real estate group, whatever it is. Get involved. Be out there. Okay, there's a few tips there. And then last but not least... I'm going through this pretty quick, you guys. Step number five is once you got one or two investors on board, and I'm sure you guys have seen this, it's easier to get more of them when you get testimonials and referrals from your existing investors, because those people tend to know other people with money. So there you go, you guys. Target group, break the ice. Step number two, have your presentation ready to rumble. Step number three, get the marketing kicked into gear, constant, consistent communication with a clear call to action. Step number four, be seen as an expert in the eyes of your investors. And step five, start the snowball effect. Fantastic. Really good. I, I think that's the, the fastest I ever explained that. I was going to say the reason, <laughs> the, the reason there was a pause there is because I was making notes because this was, this was really good stuff for my own capital raising <laughs> business as well. So that, that's fantastic. I think that this is really good applicable advice. To the person who's starting out that maybe um, is starting to understand a little bit about the power of investing in real estate, but maybe tentative about, about getting into this, um, you suggested that they go ahead and start with one passive deal just to get some, some motion going, right? Well, it doesn't need to be a passive deal. It could be an active, active. deal. Get, get a deal going, right? So I'm sure you guys have seen this over and over again. You know, people for analysis paralysis, people are going to do it someday, right? No, you need to actually get going and get something done. If you're not ready to do it on your own, then partner up with some smart folks like, like you guys, 
and do it with somebody else, right? But at least get started. How long would you say this typically takes? Because I know there's a lot of people out there saying, man, you know, this would be great, but this is going to take forever. And I, you know, I have, I have something to say about that attitude, but I wanted to also see what your thought process is about. How, how long does what take, Derek? Which, yeah. which how long does it take to, to get started in this business, to start seeing money, you know, start seeing a real estate investing. Yeah. Well, it all depends on what strategy you're doing. So again, back in the day when I first jumped in, I believe I started seeing money within my first month. You know, you got people get into real estate investing, doing wholesale deals. You can see money very, very quickly when you're doing those kind of things. If you're doing more of a long-term buy and hold kind of a strategy, you guys are getting are into multifamily. You're probably not going to see uh, much cash very quickly at all, right? Yeah. Unless you're doing deal initiation fees and, and that sort of things, which, which is possible. But still, it's a much longer term kind of a process. So it really... It, it's all over the board, you guys. I, I, I agree with you. I think the main thing that I've been hearing is when people ask me, like, how long does it take to start seeing some return on all this effort? And I like to tell them, well, it's, it's, that's kind of the wrong question. Because um, when you do real estate investing, you could do wholesaling, you could, you could do flipping, you could do all of that. Uh, that's just more of like an active business and very active. Business. What, what I, active. and so that's, that's, a, that sounds like a second job or even a first job if you leave your job to do that. And so, you know, to me, I feel like it's more real estate investing is highly defensive, but very powerful. It's like a way to compound by holding money in the bank. And so I just wanted to, to tell the listeners that this type of investing where you're raising capital and putting them at least into multifamily syndications or in multifamily or even in JVs, um, you can't expect a, a super immediate return on your money. And so I just want to temper those expectations that people would be wanting to, you know, they think they can raise money and then all of a sudden just make a, a fraction of that immediately um, or get incredible returns um, in proportionate to the amount of risk that, that they're taking on. Um, so I, yeah, I, well, I, it, again, it kind of depends on how you do it, you guys. And I, I know some capital raisers, even with single family homes, they do charge, uh, and, and they're transparent about it, they charge what they call a, a deal initiation fee. So that might be $3,000, $4,000, $5,000, for example, on a single family home. And they explain it up front. Hey, this is part of the whole thing. This is how I'm able to find you really good deals and bring them to the table. And this is how I'm able to keep the lights on. Uh, for my own family and my own business. So this is this is part of your investment. You're going to be getting this out first before I see any returns on this deal, but this is what we're using this for. Yeah. So absolutely. There, there are options there, but again, yeah, it's 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 not going to be huge money quick, that's for sure. Cool, cool, fantastic. So do you have any questions? Yeah, I was gonna we... ask you, Dave, can you um talk about like the best property transaction that you've done that you're really proud of? Yeah, we did a 54-unit apartment building deal a few years ago with uh, five investor partners who all together put in uh, just under a million dollars into that property. And we held on to it. Uh, it was actually all my pretty much optimized when we bought it. It didn't need a heck of a lot done to it. I think we replaced one elevator and a few different things like that. It was in pretty good shape. Um, but that property, we got our investors... If I'm not mistaken, a 24% annualized return That's on their nice. investment uh, over that over that five year time frame. So, yeah, that was a good one. Really good. Nice. That's awesome. 
Yeah, very, very nice. That's one that makes you um, that makes you put your hand up in victory and say, we all did it. Right. And, and you know, everyone, <laughs> everyone wins, right? Like every, yeah. everyone wins. You win. Now, here's here's a tip for you guys though. Yeah. That would not be the example I would show in my investor slide deck, mm-hmm. right? Because here's the challenge, two challenges, either number one, the unaccustomed passive investor sees that number and goes, Whoa, that's way too good to be true. I'm only waking 1.2% on my mutual funds. How the heck can this guy be getting 24%? So they, it scares them off because it sounds too good to be true. Or they, they, they believe it and they buy into it. And now you set up this expectation that you're going to be doing the same thing for them with the next deal you're doing. So I always recommend that you uh, take Tom Peters' advice and under promise and do your best to over deliver. So mm-hmm. very, very important there, you guys, because again, learn, learn from Dave's dumb mistakes. You know, the temptation is to show your best deal ever because you're so proud of that baby, but don't do it. Show a plain vanilla deal and then do your best to over deliver on the deal you do with your investor. Excellent practical advice. Thank you so much, Dave. That's good stuff. All right, cool. Well, I think we're about ready to wrap uh, most of this show up and head over into the rapid round. Um, so let's go ahead and do that if you are ready. I'm as ready as I'll ever be, you guys. <laughs> okay. Hit me with it. All right. Okay, Dave. So these are five questions. They're meant to be answered pretty quickly. Um, just first answer that pops into your head, okay? All right. So first question is what book has had the biggest impact on you and why? And we ask that it be outside of rich dad or the Bible. <laughs> You've had way too many people. Oh, <laughs> man. You have hey been- guys, you know, I happen to have one handy. Here's one. Yes. That's yeah. A- this is a great one. Uh, fairly, fairly new read for me. In fact, I just joined this strategic coach. Um, oh, congrats. So, yeah. Um, congrats. Nice. That's fantastic. That's a great one. Who yeah. not out? So for, yeah, for listeners who um, aren't watching the YouTube, yep, the book was Who Not How by Dan Sullivan. And yeah. We also cannot stop raving about his next book, which I'm sure you've got, which is um, The Gap in the Game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I haven't haven't read that one yet. That's that's on my... Oh, you're you're in for a treat. That's a good one. I'm very, very familiar with the concept, though. Yeah, excellent. Cool. And if people um, wanted to emulate your success, what's the first actionable thing that they could do to follow in your footsteps? You know what? It's all about creating that list of prospective investors. That's that's the cornerstone of this whole process. So export all your contacts from your cell phone, your email, your social media, get them all in one place, merge, purge, duplicate, get it down to a couple of hundred people. That's who you're going to get started with first. Nice. And the next question is, what small thing do most people not know about you? Hmm. Two things. I can speak Spanish fluently and I can juggle. Oh, <laughs> nice. Neat. That's cool. <laughs> and you can do them both at the same time. As well. I can. <laughs> Very <Yeah>. impressive. <laughs> That's awesome. And Dave, how do you like to unwind and restore your creative juices? I love to travel. My wife and I love to travel. It's been hindered for the last couple of years, but that's our, our real passion. So now that things are opening up, it's getting our derrieres back on airplanes and <laughs> flying around and see if there's some of the world. Oh, good. Good to hear. And last question is, what's your favorite vacation spot? My favorite vacation spot is 
Bucerias, Nayarit, Mexico. Wow, very cool. Very cool. I have I'm not familiar with that. Is it in the is that south or is it out in the it's west? It's on the Pacific coast, very close to Puerto Vallarta. Ah, beautiful. So actually I've been going down there since I was 17 years old. My mother actually re- retired down there. So we've been going there for oh my goodness. Th- whatever, 35 years kind of thing. Wow. Almost I think out of those 35 years, I've only missed three years wow. going down there. How cool. That's like a tradition. I love that. It is. Very, very cool. Excellent. Well, that's fantastic, Dave. And um, those were great answers. And uh, we also had a blast having you on the show. And um, before we end the podcast, I want to make sure that you get a chance to tell all of our listeners where it is that they can find out more about you and what you have to offer. um, If they want to learn more about how to start basically raising capital and starting, you know, change people's lives. So go ahead and, and fill us in on where we can do that. Oh, thanks very much, Derek. So they can go to moneypartnerformula.com. That's moneypartnerformula.com. We've got several things that you can do there. You can get a complimentary copy of the book, Money Partner Formula, in exchange for your name and your email address. If you are a real estate entrepreneur that's got it one or more successful deals on your belt and you're ready to start scaling up, you can book a call with me, a, a complimentary consultation. We can go over the plan, see how it could work for you, see if working together might be a good idea because we offer done-for-you marketing services to help people actually implement everything that we talked about here today. Or you can uh, sign up for our next full-day virtual workshop to take a deep dive into these five steps. And that's at moneypartnerformula.com. Excellent. And we will be sure to link to that in the show notes. So thank you so much, Dave. Dave, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for joining us today on the show. Sophie, Derek, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Absolutely. And for you listeners out there, please, wherever you're watching or listening to this, please like, subscribe, comment, and engage with us so that we can appease the algorithm gods and we can get higher and higher up the up the up the chain so that we can find uh get more exposure to more individuals and provide more incredible content so uh with people just like dave here so that being said uh thank you very much dave thank you for your time and uh i think that's it right all right so this is derek and this is sophie we're signing off for today take care everyone Mm -hmm.